Hello and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Mignot. Each episode, I always bring on amazing game-changing folks in entrepreneurship, business, and this episode, no different. I am super delighted to have Matt McCain and Michael Boychuk, who are the founders of Little Hand of Stone. They have an amazing story about how they came together, about this awesome company, and so much more. It's going to be a delightful conversation. Take a listen. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to have you guys on, and I, you know, I was reading up upon your story, and it's really pretty cool. So, you obviously listened to the podcast, so you know yes. what the first question is. This should not be a surprise. Yeah. I'm very curious about what your respective answers are going to be. So let's dive in, Matt and Michael. You could all fight over once go first, yeah. but what was your first job? Matt, you go ahead. All right, I. Duke and I talked about this before, and it's funny because both our first jobs ended in disaster. So <laughs> my first first job, I was a dishwasher at Bear Creek Country Club down the street here, and uh, you know at 15. And on my very first night, the senior dishwasher Chuck took me on a garbage dumping run and barreled down this really steep hill in a golf cart and flipped it. And I, my head went through this, the roof of the golf cart, almost <laughs> severing my oh. ear off. And uh, so that's how my first job ended. Juke, <laughs> how did yours end? Um, it's not really about how it ended, especially when it's in a near-death experience, but okay, right. good right. Lord. Okay, <laughs> yeah. well, I hope I you sued at least. Yeah, I didn't I didn't sever anything, but on my uh, my first job was working in food concessions at the Fort Worth Zoo in Fort Worth, Texas. And um, I actually got fired on my first day because of a food fight that, um, for the record, I did not start. But I was I was an easy fire uh, because someone had to go. How does one start a food fight? Um, I. Well, I it someone was throwing fries, and I think I might have, I, I think I might have joined in at some point. It was oh, so you left uh, out yeah. that rather important key, yes, key indicator yes. that you participated <laughs> in the actual food fight. Yes, yes. Oh, well, I was nice. I was young. I thought that's maybe how food service was supposed to go, but uh, I, I learned my lesson. Well, um, that's now it's not supposed to go. Although, I mean, if you were to the Waffle House, your fighting right. skills would be looked upon <laughs> sure. as, a, as a badge of honor. Uh, so exactly, yeah, so it was that. Exactly. Wow. Yes. I mean, yeah. Okay, I think I'm at 300 and I don't know 50 odd episodes of this podcast, and this by far is the first time I've had two guests. Tell me that their first jobs were some of them being fired on the first day. One right. fired since they were killed. Yeah. Um, also, how yeah. did they like fire you when you nearly got killed? Well, yeah. yeah so it was just uh, you know I kind of got lumped in with the bad crowd. We got rehired because it's hard to find dishwashers. So uh, Chuck ended up <laughs> taking Chuck who seemed like he was 40 at the time, he was probably like 23, took the fall and took responsibility. And, and uh, I, I got I got brought back on to keep my dishwashing career progressing. Thank goodness. <laughs> wow. That's, yeah. you know, 
by far, I knew you guys would be fun, but this is low. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, and, and Matt has carried his, his dishwashing skills to this day. He's, he's uh, pretty adamant about the way the dishes have to be washed in the office before we head home. No grease uh-huh. streaks. Not not a not a plate in the sink with nary yeah. a streak on it, right? Well, I want to take us. We're going to go past our, you know, we're going to go into an hours long podcast here, but I'm going to out chew for. He doesn't like <laughs> using a sponge. He puts Ew. he uses his hands to wash dishes. So that I'd is like, so uncouth. I'd like your listeners to to weigh in on uh, if that's yeah. right or wrong. Yeah. Well, well they would have right to see our sponge wrong. in order to really weigh in. The 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 no, spider no. sponge. Like this is a thing. This is this is a this this is a guy thing. I don't understand how you do this. If the sponge is trash, toss it and buy another one. <laughs> this is not hard. There, ninety nine cents. It's it's um, an I've seen sponge. so many dudes do this, and I'm just like, I don't understand why. Like just why are you using your hand? Like just literally go buy a sponge. Like there's yes. a, in a world where there is Target, Walmart. And, and 11,000 other small convenience stores where sponges are a plenty. Well, somehow, you all, yeah. and a land that, where the world where Amazon exists? No. Uh-uh. I can't defend you on that. You cannot. Okay. Yeah. It sounds like I lose. Yep. Wow. Resolved. Resolved. Very Done. quickly. That's okay. It, it, okay. It's okay. We won't hold it too firmly against you, but still slightly against you. Okay. Uh, so basically, you started off by essentially nearly killing someone, yeah. um, also inciting a riot, uh, yes. and the, and then also discussing the weird cleaning habits of your offices. Yes. So we're off to a roaring start. Yes. Um, so uh, how are we chatting? Who are you? Two? What? Did, how did you get to be here? <laughs> Well, we're we're little hands of stone. We um, Matt and I actually have worked together in various capacities over. Um, actually, I was doing the math this morning, almost 25 years now, um, yeah. and uh, which is which is hard to believe. But um, but we were partners in L.A. Um, at an agency called Wong Duty. A lot of people, I'm sure, have heard of it. Um, and we just had a lot of fun working together. Um, and through the years, we've been. We've been partners. Um, we've uh, uh, Matt was actually a freelancer for me when I was at uh, Amazon, um, and and now we're partners in our own uh, having our own agency together. So we've we've kind of experienced every side of uh, of a creative relationship together, which I think has been a big part of of how and why we've built the agency that we have and how we think about how we should work. Interesting. So, how did you all meet? Like, I I want to get the full backstory. You're skipping over yeah. the backstory. Here. Yeah. Mm. Well, we were partners. I was a writer. Chuk was the art director at Wong Duty, and we got paired together at Wong Duty LA. Um, and so that's how we became friends. And then uh, my wife uh, insisted that we move back to Seattle yeah. <laughs> and away from LA. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, uh, because why? the the thought of having a baby in LA was uh, not on the cards. So, so we kind of we we moved apart, and it's funny because we took pretty different. We kept reconnecting through the years, but we took pretty different paths. So, you know, I stayed in Seattle and and became a creative director, and um, Chuk went off to take these huge jobs at Leo Burnett. Um, 
places like that, and then ended up high up within Amazon at their internal agency, D1. Um, so, and then at the time I was just kind of, I was a freelancer. So we building a network of kind of fellow freelancers. So we, we really went away and developed vastly different experiences. Yeah. And then about four years ago, decided like, why don't we create the agency that we would want to work with if we were clients? Yeah. Um, and that was, that was the basic idea behind Little Hands of Stone. Yeah, and my time on the on the client side working for Amazon was really formative as well because it was just a crazy experience to go from, you know, as Matt said, we worked at at smaller boutique agencies and 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 I worked at the biggest biggest agency in the world, but being a client was a crazy experience to kind of to sit on the other side of the table, and I I thought at that point I sort of knew everything, but then I realized you know, sitting on the other side of that table, what it's like to be a client and and how different that is and and what was broken about the agency system and and why it didn't work for me as a client. And that was really a lot of inspiration for us in talking about the kind of agency that we wanted to build and how it should operate and, and how it could be better than what we saw. And so you guys start this out and you had you ever run a business before? No. No, no. So well, like, as a, as a, as a yeah. freelancer, it was right. kind of a business, but kind it's of, yeah. pretty funny. Like when we we had started Little Hands of Stone and we were talking to a prospective client and it was just Chuk and I. Yeah. And the, this client's like, OK, how how uh, what's your blended rate? And he and I looked at each other and I looked at each other and like, OK, we need to call somebody that knows what a blended rate is and can tell us. So. There was a, what oh, we call like the, creatives. Uh, yes. Just, yeah. Two creatives. Yeah. There was yeah. a massive dark, what we call dark side of the moon of stuff we did not know and realized and agreed early on that ignorance is not cute. Yeah. <laughs> we can't, we it's can't, not. we're not coming off as cute by saying, oh, we don't know how to do that. So yeah. we, uh, we know what we don't know and we really try to figure it out and ask questions. So, so we're not pretending that ignorance is cute. Yeah. Yeah. We're we love the we actually really both. I think before we did this love kind of are, are business minded and we love the business side of things. But yeah, I mean, we were willfully ignorant of how money actually enters an agency and turns into yeah. a paycheck. Uh, Creative. Uh, how a bill becomes a law. There's a whole yeah. process. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's exactly. like a point of pride for creatives to avoid money talk like yeah let me leave the yes. room if you're going to talk budgets i don't want to hear i can't be bothered you're going to sully my creative genius with all these uh facts and figures so th that is the wrong way to go about it um for any young creatives out there don't don't be like that because yeah we, we were learn it yeah no you, you you are speaking the language of my daily life now because oftentimes i'm like you all need to hear how much this stuff costs so you will stop right. pitching it because it's not what we cannot do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, all right. So you guys start the business. Yeah. What's the first thing you learned after you learning that you mm -hmm. actually had to do a blended rate? First thing we learned. First thing. Wow. There's so many first things. It's, it's such a great question. 
I mean, I, I you know, I, we we initially we have a lot of experience with creative, and I think when you start a business, you learn you lean into what you know, and 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 we're both we're both very senior in that respect. So I think you know, we could definitely hit the ground running there, but we quickly realized that we needed um, help. And it's a little overwhelming when you start a company to figure out what help you need. Um, and and we found a great producer that was willing to to work with us and, and to help us start the company. And so I think kind of figuring out how to bring those capabilities on um, and and how to scale is is really a big trick in starting a company. Um, and and we're both pretty pretty frugal in in wanting to make sure we're building the company towards how it's growing, not how it might be in in a few years. Um, so really getting that production help and someone that could help us scope and figure out how to how to crack the dark side of the moon and be kind of a Swiss Army knife was was really key to getting somewhat functional in the early days. I think also the Juke, you mentioned frugality. Yeah. And uh, one thing, yeah. it's really tempting when you start an agency and things start picking up and business starts coming in, is to try to legitimize yourself with a fancy office and uh, and things like that. And we we learned early on that we've got to, you know, this is a really unpredictable business. Everything is project based, and you can have mm-hmm. a great six months, and mm-hmm. then. And then things totally change. So we learned like what we there's a backstory to this, but don't buy the truck. Yeah. Um, we was <laughs> yeah. a Juke's dad was a uh, what well, Juke? Why don't you tell the story about like where yeah. the don't buy the truck comes from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were when we were cracking the dark side of the moon, we reached out. We talked to everyone that we knew that that would that did things that we didn't do or or brought skill sets that. That we knew were we were humble enough to know that we we needed to figure out. And my dad was a um, a CEO in retail for for decades. And um, but at the time, uh, recently he had been a owned a general store in rural Vermont. And um, I said I said to him I said Dad what's what's the most important piece of advice you have for Matt and I as we're starting the company? And he said he said he said don't buy the truck. I, he said I. I work with an accountant in Vermont. She's a typical kind of accountant that works with like nine different companies and, you know, plumbers and contractors and stores and everything. And she always tells me when when someone starts a business, the first thing these guys do is they buy a truck. They buy a big Ford F-350 four by four with graphics on the side and the Bluetooth sound system. And and she said, as soon as you buy the truck, you're paying for the truck. And that's one of the things that we still say a lot to this day, just when we're tempted to spend the company's money on something like furniture or something that we don't really need. And we learned that early on to really make sure that we're investing in people and, and paying people, uh, freelancers or full-timers, a fair wage and, and valuing them and having senior people and not wasting money or burdening the company with with things that we don't really need. So I'm I'm sitting in our our uh our plywood floored Fremont office space, um, which is uh, uh a living example of of definitely not buying any trucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, no, it's it's actually a really great metaphor for a lot of things. I think, you know, as a former entrepreneur, I, I fully understand that. It's like, I remember we I found every way for us not to pay for an office for as long as humanly possible. Yeah. With every manipulation I could find. I always tell a story that like folks were like, well, like, how did you get to know everybody? I was like, well, guess what I did? We basically moved into a hotel and mm. sat there every single day. And yeah. it was a brand new hotel. They didn't know. They needed like cool people to show up there. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, cool. We'll be your best brand ambassador because we'll sit right in the front in the glass that points out to the street. Yeah. And folks will see these like, you know, smart women typing away on your laptops and think, oh, great. Yeah. A cool mm-hmm. meeting place for startups. Great. Yeah. Um, and, you, and we did that for years. And, you know, it, it's that I think sometimes you're right. Folks think that you have to get all flashy by the things. And I think that there is an art and a science to that. Like there are things you yeah. should invest in, like yes. going to some of the conferences, mm-hmm. um, making, you yeah. know, making those trips, um, going out, pushing yourself to be in places that are kind of out of your comfort zone, because oftentimes mm-hmm. that's where you're going to find your next client. But mm-hmm. the stuff that's like the hard assets, like, the office, the car, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. are not are not are not the things that you actually need to be successful. If you do damn good work, the money will come, yeah. and mm-hmm. it'll put you in a position to buy not maybe the truck, but maybe the Fiat. Right. <laughs> so yeah. right. and just be smart about it as you go. Yes, and I think yeah. it goes like you talked about investing in people, but I think we've also been careful to not hire too quickly um, yeah. because. Another thing is like you kind of you get drunk on some success. You're like, we've got to build our team. We have to have this. We have to build our culture. And um, and you start just adding people in the thinking that 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 momentum could last forever to just keep growing. And and it's so it's such an up and down business that. um, You know, I, I we've all lived through a bunch of cycles of layoffs and things like that. And. We all wanted to avoid that, but also we found that we could, by staying, having a small core team and scaling and adding the right people for the right job, it's actually, does. it's not just financial sense, but it also creates more effective teams by by creating those teams per job rather than um, having people sitting around. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think it's a function of the business, and it... As we, you know, as people, you know, choose where they want to work now because of mm-hmm. the way the world's changed in the last three years, having that flexibility, but also understanding that you're working with a tight team that like, hey, we're going to have these pits and sparks where it's going to be go, 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 and this will be slow, 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 slow. Mm-hmm. And if you can rock with that, perfect. If not, um, it won't work for you. And I think it ends, no. you end up with the people who are the best at that that you need by you know being very upfront with that and letting people know like yeah. this is how it's, this is how it's going to ride yeah. um and it's, yeah. it's an imperative for business right now it so is it, it, yeah sorry go ahead no go ahead well it's just it's interesting i mean we we had that philosophy and we 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 got that excellent piece of advice and then the pandemic hit and as it happened uh you know no one saw that coming when we started the company and and uh it seemed like a weird dystopian sci-fi fantasy but that it happened and that flexibility is really what allowed us to survive um so 
you know, I just I think it's a it's a good for anyone that's starting out um, any kind of company, really that being very careful and remaining nimble and flexible. I think as the world just kind of continues to change and it doesn't really show any signs of letting up um, that 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 flexibility that you give yourself by by not burdening the company with things that you don't need is is just critical. Um, so uh, it was an important lesson and 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 one that was uh that helped us get through, uh, you know, some tough years. So I have to ask, where does the name come from? Well, uh, well, so, oh, good, Matt, you tell it. Yeah, there was a, um, there was a boxer in the eighties and nineties. His name was Michael Carbajal. His name is Michael Carbajal, Michael little hands of stone Carbajal. And he was, um, he boxed at 108 pounds so he was a tiny wiry guy but he hit really hard and he was really accurate and he really dazzled crowds in the era of the heavyweight so we just love the idea of kind of uh efficiency and effectiveness being more important than how big you are um so we took the name little hands of stone um we think of ourselves as uh, effectiveness concentrate uh, <laughs> I like it. No, it, and it's cool because, you know, it's interesting because I, I, it's it, well, or, name origin stories are always fun for me. Like I, I used to use it as a way to get people to have coffee with me by saying, if you want to know how I can't my company's name, you have to find me a drink or have a coffee. With me. <laughs> uh, and it worked because it it's an amazing story. Uh, so um, it, 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 you know, each of those little pieces about because, again, it's all about how you sell your brand, how you get people in, 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 intrigued and engaged. And then once you've gotten intrigued and engaged, you're like, oh, I want to learn more. And then yeah. you reel them in and then you sell them. So that that's literally, you know, it's that's literally how it gets done. So um, having a BMF for a boxer, pretty cool indeed. And we've avoided the the uh, box, leaning too hard into the boxing metaphor, but it, it is really about kind of the tension in uh, – uh, little being uh, nimble and 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 being able to move fast and adjust and build towards the project, and and the stone part being um, you know the 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 ability of an idea to hit hard and and to really solve big problems for companies. So so there's a there's an inherent tension in that, but again that kind of comes from experience working client side and seeing that that. Companies are moving quickly. They have internal teams now. They they have resources, but they need external push. Um, and um, yeah, this is sort of reverse engineered out of that realization of what a lot of big agencies, um, in my experience, were were getting wrong, and uh, and the way that we we love to work too, and the kind of work that we love doing. That's really really cool. So obviously, you guys have done a lot of fun things, and you've begun to build a really awesome, really cool agency. What's one thing you know now that you wish you knew right as you were starting out? Great question. Great question. God, there's so many things, aren't there? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So many. Here's, here's one. When, so we we hit the ground running in 2019. We got a big assignment. With uh, Amazon Web Services, national campaign is a partnership yeah. between AWS and the NFL. So we're shooting commercials with 
uh, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes and all the stuff. So hit the ground running really fast and just business was coming to us and we didn't have to really figure out how to uh, like business outreach, um, PR, and we didn't build those muscles. So when, when it came time, like COVID came around and it was time to actually go out and hunt down new business, we did we gave ourselves a C minus, maybe a D plus in those aspects. So, um, just, you know, we were like, if you do great work, that's all you need to do. The business is going to come. So I think we needed to know right out of the gate that you have to build those outreach muscles and you have mm-hmm. to, like you talked about, like you have to go to those conferences. That was the last thing we wanted to do because like, we're just doing great work. Everything's going to fix itself. You know, everything's going to uh, happen on its own. So that was really dumb to think that way. And, uh, and we know that now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's come, it's interesting because we, we continue to talk to as many people uh, as we can that are further down the the path than we are. And, and they all have a, a similar story about being uh, very dependent initially on on relationships that they carried over from previous jobs. And um, so, you know, it's hard to say if we could have forced ourselves to do that earlier or if you you kind of have to go through it um, in order to get to a place where you can really speak um, about what your you know, about your process and, and what your unique point of view is as, as an agency. It, it's hard to say if you have to evolve into it or if we could have done it earlier, mm-hmm. but it has certainly been uh, the learning curve of, of the last year or so, which is just really sharpening up the story that we need to tell. And, and, um, and it's interesting because, as I said, we've worked together for, for almost 25 years and there's, there is when we look back, there's a current in the work that we do and the way that we think and and the way that, you know, the work that we both love that we had to surface and articulate, which is which is no easy feat. Um, but but it is interesting that it was that it was always there. Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, and I, and thank you for that candor, because I think it's I think sometimes folks in and I've seen this a lot in my with my friends who when I had my agency and they were at big agencies and then said, oh, I'm going to start my own agency. Yeah. I'm like, cool. Who do you know? Well, I yeah. have my clients. Mm-hmm. I'm like, who else do you know? Right. Like, what do you mean? I was like, you do realize that at some point like that is not going to be your only client. Right. Yeah. And that you're going yeah. to have to like go force yourself out in and meet new people and tell them why they should care about you. Yeah. Um, yes. And yeah. And that's not going to just happen naturally. You're not going to wake up one day and say, you know, I think it's time for me to start thinking about uh, growth. That's not organic. And what happens is it's forced on you. And that's, that's a, that's a scary, scary feeling when it, when suddenly you realize, Oh shit, I need to start thinking about the business differently and we need to start growing differently and we need to we need to pivot. Um, and um, as I said, you know, my, my dad was a, an entrepreneur in his career and I saw him do it and I saw him get up in cycles, uh, get caught up in cycles that are, you know, that are frankly you know, bigger than you are. But you have to be ready to adjust because it's not going to be up to you when you have to do that it's you're 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 going to be forced into it and you'd better figure it out pretty quickly yeah it's weird like i 
I never actually call it this, but I, it's it's a simple. It's your ABCs. It's always be connecting, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. because you never know who's going to be the person who ends up dropping that huge project in your lap. Yeah. And it, and the and the big part of that connection piece is the visibility, which yeah. is what you guys are doing right now, um, where it's like you have to shoot your shot wherever you might be and let folks see you in different places, and yet you're willing to have the conversations, and you and you're also like just go re- ready to have to talk with somebody because I can tell you, well, I don't I don't exist in my current form had I not had that not been me, and yeah. it wasn't something I was at all comfortable with. I love how everyone always assumes I love people. I love talking to people. Like, actually, I don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I would much rather be home watching Scandal reruns. Um, <laughs> but I also am a business person, and yeah. I understand the importance of that. And, yeah. you know, I learned it from one of my clients early on. One of my, one of my dearest clients was our first client in my agency. And it was a client all the way through the 11 years of me having my agency before we sold. Um, and even now we're dear friends and he's about to be my client again for my big agency. Um, and I remember saying to him, like, how do you know all these people? And he's yeah. like, it's a, I take a meeting. I don't care who it is. And I said, I, I always have 20 minutes. I can always spend 20 minutes. And, you know, I we, we really did follow that thinking about like, you know what? That's what it is. What's up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because you just literally never know because like someone randomly's dad is the person who worked at this company or someone's aunt happens to be the CMO of this company. And because you were nice to that person. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to get you give them all of your time. Um, yeah. That that person is like, oh hey, like this is the thing. Like I I and I will always use my, you know, tri- recent trip to the White House, uh, because folks were like, how did you get to the White House? I was like, I was nice to somebody. Like, <laughs> they were on the podcast, um, and kept and kept in touch and just like stay top of mind, yeah. and that's the key for a lot of this stuff. And I think. You know, oftentimes we get we get so caught up in like we have to do the things in the perfect way that big agencies do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like there is right. a, there is there is a rhyme and a rhythm to that, but there really also is the side uh, uh, that requires the relationship building that takes these concentric circles in your universe and continues to grow them all throughout your your career because you literally never know where your clients the next client's coming from. Yeah, so true. I think that's important. What yeah. you said it's like. You have to force yourself out of your comfort zone because, you know, you would rather be home watching Scandal uh, reruns, but um, but you do this. And I think for a lot for a long time, I was, you know, just more comfortable kind of living in the creative and not forcing myself outside of that. But, yeah, yeah, you got to learn that lesson eventually. And that, and that's what I love about the job that we're all doing is that it's it's so fun to learn. And I and I you know as I cross over into my 50s solidly, it's it's I just love that every day we're coming in and and there are things to learn and and sometimes those things are really really frightening. I mean it's it's easy to say get outside of your comfort zone, but but when you're when you're in that position and you're really doing something that you don't feel comfortable about, it's you know, it's it's visceral. I mean, you you break into a cold sweat about it. And um, but but I think that's what makes, you know, life great. And 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 I and I totally agree. I mean, my old boss, Susan Cradle, used to talk uh, talks a lot about um, 
being generous, you know, and I, and I, and I love what you said about that. Cause I, I do think that as, as, uh, as we both get older, I mean, I definitely find that helping people and, and, and being generous with, with what we've learned and the, the, the scars that we picked up along the way, if that helps other people, that's so great. Cause it's just a, such a small industry and, 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 you know, everyone needs help. So, um, anyway, I love the spirit in that. Yeah. It's it's it is the way. It so is the way. for you guys, obviously it's busy, it's tiring, it's exhausting doing what you do. What do you do for your self care? <laughs> well, we both love we both love uh, outdoors and and uh, and and we both you know it, it's interesting. One of the first things that that uh, Matt and I agreed on when we started this was that we were not going to do it if it required 80 hours a week of our time. Um, <laughs> we, we both we both love, love our our families and 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 we love our lives and we just uh, there's just something sometimes in advertising that seems to uh, require people to have their lives consumed by it and we don't want that. We've we feel like we've got the experience now to uh kind of have a blue collar ethic with the way that we work when we're in the office we work really hard from the moment we get in um until our the we have a beer before we go home but uh it is it is really about um you know getting your work done and then going home and and taking a break and we've been even um experimenting with a four-day work week which has been which has been really fun and and um and love giving employees that time and but but it's just you know really that balance that that kind of keeps us in the game and keeps us recharging and and um because you just can't burn out you know it's just it's just a horrible way to work yeah i think uh so there's we you know taking time away from work is really important but also juke and i have been really uh uh conscious of our relationship as partners yeah and we we treat it as a marriage because the um partnerships can get toxic pretty easily if you don't if you don't take care of them so we have learned to when when we see things getting a little funky we're really good at kind of pulling kind of pulling aside and just like let's work through this um And that has helped us get through some really tough times, um, you know, creatively, um, strategically is just taking care of the relationship because we do. If our relationship goes bad, the business goes with it. So um, I think that's self-care, too, is just having a healthy partnership that's really honest. Hello, I love that. And, you know, it's always interesting, like, um, Whenever I ask men who are on a show about this, it's 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 very interesting how they approach it. And I really liked the way that you guys talked about it. Like, yes, we go outdoors, but also we prioritize our health within the work that we do. Mm-hmm. And I think that is is new and refreshing for a lot of men in our industry. Because mm-hmm. I think it has before been like, well, of course you're going 80 hours a week. Like, I've got to go, 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 go. Yeah. And like, you know, I will drive my team into the ground because that's the way it's always been. Yeah. And so it's delightfully refreshing to hear that you guys who've lived life um, are saying, like, we know that if I'm in, when I'm on, I'm on. And when I'm off, I'm off. Yeah. 
yeah. and understanding the value of that to your employees because again we the world is like our it's funny how we all changed in three years we all went from yes i'll go to the 8 a.m breakfast yes i'll go to that lunch yes i'll mm-hmm. go to that happy hour right. yes i'll go to that dinner that's all the same day and yeah. now it's like if I go to the breakfast, I'm not going to dinner. If I go to the dinner, I'm going to nothing else. Yeah. Uh, and so we, you know, it, I don't think it's that we've all kind of taken a step back per se, but we've prioritized what actually matters. And yeah. it's like, I, do I need to be there till seven? No. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I have two phones and my right. work phone doesn't leave the holder on the weekend. Yeah. Because uh, doesn't need to. Like, yeah, it's yeah. shattering. Someone on my team has my real number and they will call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything else can be left on Monday. Um, yeah. And so it's so important, I think, you know, as leaders at this moment to be like, we're, this is the kind of environment that we're fostering, but also the honesty about the partnership. Because I think, again, folks think it's just easy, breezy, and like you never have a moment of strife and you're, and it's just going to be, you know, smooth sailing. But I think the the awareness that you guys clearly have that like nothing is, you know, ever perfect and that how do we work through that? How do we find the common ground we need to before it becomes World War Seven is is a is a is a business imperative. Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And and, I mean, I just I it's it's really a lot of it is is, um, as Matt said, like a marriage and just having respect and and understanding that it, it you know, I, 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 I know that there are people that have started agencies on their own. I cannot figure out how that is even possible. Um, it's, you know, it, for me, I, I couldn't do it without a partner. It's so great to have a partner. We, we, yeah. we never, you never, t- our rule is you never take more than half the credit or half the blame. We share everything that's, we share the stress and we share the, the glory and um it's very helpful to have someone sitting across from you that you respect because there are a lot of times where we disagree and you can look i know i can look at matt and and if i disagree with him i can say you know what my underlying respect tells me i might be wrong let's go with what you think because there's something in that and i I think that makes the decision making the real hard decisions a lot easier in, in kind of being willing to give up and let the other person lead and 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 kind of have have that decision because you trust them and you respect them. I also think like the partnership's been really uh, helpful to me because sometimes one partner's down. Like when one partner's down, it's the other partner just kind of steps in to pick them up. You know, <laughs> we all can't be in the same kind of yeah. momentum space at the same time a lot of times. So it's like if one person starts getting a little bit pessimistic, the other person's in charge of being the optimist yeah. and then it'll switch two weeks later. So yeah. that's really important to have that that other half to balance you out yeah. um, and fill in where, where you need it. That's really good stuff, guys. And it, like I said, it's a really awesome testament to to your leadership and like the kind of the kind of culture that you're building. So um, I tip my hat to you. So last question for you guys: Do you have a give and or an ask of the audience? Love it. Give, ask. Well, please do weigh in on Chuke's uh, non-use of sponges Sponge. while yeah. washing plant glasses. You yes. mean Chuke's yes. literal hand washing? 
Yes. <laughs> Clean hands. Clean hands. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm serious about that. Shoot. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we're, we, um, we'd love to hear from people if you have any thoughts about what we've talked about and, and we love the conversation and, and, and talking to people and hearing what they have going on. I, I was down at the um, small agency um, uh, conference down in Atlanta a few months ago and was just so blown away by the spirit of, of small agencies and how uh, small agencies are out there to help each other. And, and it just, I love that it didn't feel cutthroat at all. It felt like everyone wanted everyone else to succeed. Um, so if, uh, if anyone out there has has thoughts about what they're hearing, you know, don't hesitate to reach out or, or if you'd like to talk about something more that you're going through that, that you're interested in our two cents, we're, we're happy to chat. So we love making connections and, and, uh, would love to help anyone out that, um, that thinks we can help them with, with their dark side of the moon. I like his answer better. (laughs) Both are important though. Look, both are extremely viable and important. Um, I know my answer to the first part of the question. (laughs) So, uh, but guys, um, really super cool talking with you. We'll put all the details in your show notes. Um, so folks can reach out and connect with you all. Um, it's, it's really awesome to see what you've built and the lay that you have built it with empathy and care. And that's, uh, it's really, a, it's really, really lovely to see. Um, I really enjoyed chatting with you guys and thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's an honor. We, we're, we're, we appreciate the interest and uh, it's, it's been a really fun chat. Cool. And that is our show. 